I think it's about sort of being brave enough to explore a few options and trying to find out what works for um, your organisation with the teams and the type of work that they, they do. That was Alan Oram from Alive With Ideas and this is Remote Control. With me today on the Remote Control podcast is Alan Oram from Alive With Ideas, a really creative agency tackling all things internal and external communications. Uh, welcome, Alan. Thanks for having me. Great, great, great to be here and to uh, have a chat about remote workers. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Some of our kind of prior conversations have been around um, the creative approaches that you work with and some of the things to consider when it comes to trying to be creative. And I don't know, part of me thinks that remote workers lends itself to to that creative thinking, to think outside of the box. And it's not just putting flyers on walls. It's thinking about the plan and the message and getting it out there in different channels. So, yeah, I think we should be a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, there's um, there's a lot to think about when it comes to remote workers and, and how to engage them. And obviously there's different... Um, as we've we've mentioned in our sort of uh, previous chats, there's there's a lot to consider in that there's various different types of remote workers. Not they're not always obviously office based, which is which is a trap that people can fall into. But if you've got frontline staff um, that are engineers, or they could be firefighters, could be nurses, or it could be people in a retail environment, then it's it's thinking about all of that as well. So yeah, yeah, lots of different channels. So yeah. I'll start, I'll start off with an easy one, but pretty f- fundamental to the podcast is, do you work remotely and, and do other people within the agency, do they take advantage of the remote working options? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually at home today. Um, so um, uh, I, I, I sort of find it quite useful to um, get get away from the office from time to time when I need time to think about the sort of um, bigger picture about um, either projects that we've got going on or where we're taking the agency and things like that. Um, others do take advantage of that as well. Um, it's one, one of the challenges that we do have with enabling remote working for some of the team is just access to some of the um, uh, some of the files and bits and pieces, obviously, with sort of video production and all of that sort of stuff, then you pushing relatively big files around, and that's video animation and and many of other things that we get involved with. So that that causes some of the creative team a little bit of a challenge on that front. But whenever possible, we 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 make sure we can do it because it it works for them and works for us. So sure. I guess some of the remote work for for your team would also be working alongside clients at, kind of at their yeah. premises or, or or areas like that. So that's kind of a, another different take on it, really. Yeah, yeah. So um, particularly if we've got um, uh, you know, the sort of more client-facing members of the team, they're they're out of the office a lot anyway, um, which means that we 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 need to be pretty flexible in in the way in which we go about things, and we 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 want to as as much as remote working is a thing flexible working as a as an approach as well is really important and and trying to get that balance right between people's lives and um and what's needed from from the from our clients and sort of trying to balance those two things off so that um people are getting a little bit of time back in their days um to do the things that they need to do at home so that's an important aspect to it yeah, m- making sure that the the task can be completed 
doesn't necessarily um, rely on, on where they are, I guess. Um, no, absolutely. The current theme that we've had across kind of a number of these conversations on on this remote control podcast is people are kind of talking around things like work work is a thing they do, not a place they go. I thought I quite like that yeah. phrase. Yeah, 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 no, completely. As long as we can still create a team that feels connected whilst sort of making that that approach happen. So that's the important thing because I think um, we, we benefit from a, a, a good atmosphere in the office uh, most of the time. So um, people in, enjoy that. So there is a little bit of a trade-off, but I think we'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later anyway from from client, a client perspective rather than from, from our own. Yeah, definitely. So one of the reasons why I wanted to record this podcast and get some thoughts and insight into how companies are dealing with remote working is, is one of the bits of research I saw from the Office for National Statistics that 50% of the workforce will work remotely in, in 2020. Now, I think this kind of does touch on the uh, potential misconceptions that you mentioned before around making sure we're talking about office workers or frontline staff, such as people in mm. uh, retail outlets. Um, I thought that's a really, to me, as as an office worker, that's that struck me as, as a really large number. Um, and I thought, yeah, that that seems like you know, of big companies that are mainly are all office based, that's going to that's a big impact on them. Um, since then, I've seen some figures from uh, the state of remote working from Buffer, which is a really great report, actually. And it suggests that 90% yeah. of remote workers want to stay remote for the rest of their career. So it's not just a this is what I'm doing now kind of status. It's this is what I'm doing and this is where I want to go as well. So really interesting. I'm just wondering what type of impact you've maybe seen on some of your clients or conversations you've had with with clients around how they're dealing with kind of a, a more um, diversely spread workforce? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. And those numbers are uh, high, aren't they? They, they feel high, particularly that, that, yeah. um, from, from the buffer side of things. I think when you get a situation where you're, you're, you can work remotely, the, for some, the thought of going back to the office and the impact that that would have on their on their lives, let alone their work, but <laughs> on their lives, would, would would be yeah, you wouldn't be how to sort of return to that way of working, and it and it, it makes complete sense. Um, so yes, we, we we've seen more and more clients sort of embracing that that way of working, and it does mean at times that. There needs to be a shift, particularly if you are transitioning from one way of working to another. Um, it's it's easy, and we see it with, with some clients where everything gets a bit head office focused, for example, and then you're losing sight of those people that aren't in that working environment every day. So they become a bit hidden, your hidden workforce. Um, but uh, I think those that are embracing it and needing to make changes culturally as well. So making sure that managers are on board and they're supporting their teams and there's trust in their teams uh, to, to work in that way. Um, 
and there's 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 certain things that are driving it isn't it there's there's not only the flexibility and work-life balance that people are looking for when they they join join the company and and i've been just talking about that this morning actually with someone um but there's also the benefits from an organization perspective about having less office space available and uh being able to sort of uh manage your kind of um footprint if you like so that you oh, yeah. you don't need to sort of pay for as much office space and i've certainly seen that with uh not not just with clients but with friends and, and things when they're talking about it if we if if a, the organization can reduce the um square footage then it can save money so there's 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 benefits on both sides and i think typically you don't see huge shifts in in or i say you don't see but often there there are a number of contributing factors to why change happens and if there's a financial benefit to an organization then that's certainly going to help make it happen but i think the yeah. cultural bit plays a massive part anyway in the sense that you know it's it it's what's expected in the modern workforce that you're going to be able to have uh, be able to work remotely and have flexible ways of working yeah i think even just some of the terminology you mentioned there in terms of reducing the footprint that makes me think about kind of the, even the carbon footprint of commuters yeah, yeah. and i think the the buffer stat around 90% of remote workers wanting to stay that way i'd be really interested to see what percentage of that is um, down to the commute so rem- yeah. working remotely if that kind of totally cuts out a you know half an hour one hour one way commute that's that's a really big impact on that person's uh, life both at work and and at home and you can really understand why they wouldn't want to go back into a role where they would need to commute on a full-time basis yeah and and that um if we think about it from there's sort of a made me think of a slightly different perspective as we're talking about that as well in terms of the the bigger impact um often people's uh most stressful moments of a day are getting to and from work um so particularly if you've got kids getting the kids out the door <laughs> getting them off to school getting in the car getting stuck in traffic you know and and that's before your day started you're already stressed uh, and wound up uh, i mean when we think about health and well-being um and and that perspective on things the benefits on not needing to do that commute are you know quite significant i think and i think there's been there has been research to say that actually you know the commute in many people's day is is one of the most stressful parts or it, it c- contributes to a uh, stressful kind of working day um yeah so so being able to you know there, there's there's sort of three different parts there isn't there there's the organization's perspective there's the yeah. um the the individual's perspective and that's on on a mental health um perspective and then there's the 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 environment as well so that you can all have a positive impact on those three things then that's that's a pretty good reason to get on board with um remote and flexible working i i would suggest yeah totally it's a very good case for it and as long as the i guess the planning behind um letting someone or a team or the entire workforce work flexibly is in place then you can totally understand why more and more companies are adopting it and 
um, from yeah, from the individual point of view, I, I work remotely and and manage to avoid the that that commuting stress this morning. Uh, dropping my little one off <laughs> at nursery was a breeze because I then didn't have to join everyone else going the same way on the on the rest of the commute. So yeah, I, I totally get behind yeah. that. And it's one of those areas in your in your day where maybe you don't have total control over it. And um, yeah. Not everyone is such a good a driver as they like to think they are, so it can definitely add yeah. in that way, for sure. So I really want to talk now about some creative approaches or ways to plan for a creative um, approach to internal communications for flexible and, and remote workers, whether that be frontline workers such as in retail staff or, or banks, or whether it's those office workers that are working from a coffee shop or from from their home. And yeah, I found some examples while I was researching for this episode, and I thought we could maybe talk around a couple of those and then also just discuss from your point of view, your expertise, some of the areas where you think creativity can come into it, maybe a little bit more than you'd imagine or, or that we're seeing currently. Yeah, sounds good. So one of the ones that really struck me was, and this was a surprise, was from the NHS. So yeah. the the goal was to get more of their uh, staff getting their free flu jab. Uh, to, and that would be helping to protect patients from, from the flu during flu season. And there was some, it was between six sites in, in Merseyside. And it was a really well-planned campaign. It was a really small budget, actually, look, looking at the award entry that I, that I found this via. I think it was a £3,000 budget split mm. six ways. So, you know, kind of £500 per site. And I think we all know the the uh, troubles that NHS have with, with budget. So even though it doesn't seem like much, I'm sure that was probably quite hard to find. Uh, yeah. And whilst... The campaign was like really well planned. It kind of went across different channels, included video, print, uh, digital, uh, and kind of in all the different um, rest areas as well. What really struck me was the copy. The tone of copy was actually it actually made you smile, and that's probably yeah. the last thing I expect from an internal comms campaign from the NHS. Um, <laughs> kind of some of the wordplay, the creatives, the puns that they used did really kind of make. Even me as a researcher, like take notice of it and kind of yeah, kind of had a little wry smile at it. And and the results they had were they had record levels of of their staff taking up the the free flu jab. And I just thought that was really good because I I can imagine it really stuck out to them on say a notice board the the funny creative that kind of uh, alluded to the added benefits of the flu jab or just some of the yeah. puns. Yeah, you know, everyone loves a pun. Um, I just thought that was that was really good, and and from a really from my perspective, really unexpected organisation to have that creativity, and that might be doing the NHS a massive massive disservice. I was was going to come in and defend, not defend, because you're not you're not suggesting that. <laughs> that I'm not good. I, 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 every year, um, uh, I I get involved with um, the Comms 2.0 Unawards, which is a public sector awards. Uh, sort of a ceremony and, 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 and thing to recognise the great work that goes on. It's not just public sector, actually. That's wrong of me to say that, but but predominantly you get a lot of public sector organisations sort of uh, yeah. enter that. Um, and I judge the creative uh, category, and I also judge the uh, internal comms category. So it ties in um, oh, nice. 
uh, uh, lovely with what you've just been talking about. And I, I think they are as a as as a group of of people, public sector comms people do an incredible incredible job with uh, not much to work with from a as you say from a budget perspective we see entries that got far less money assigned to it than even what you mentioned there um there was a video that someone created where they'd spent um 12 quid uh (laughs) buying some toys and they made the video themselves and it was an incredible piece of work so and i i think that's that's sort of to to bring it back a little bit to to what we're chatting about it's really important that people don't see creativity as a luxury item because mm. um, one of the things that I, I sort of often talk about um, is that it, it, it's not the budget that you're going to spend on the end point that is the important thing. It's the ideas and the creative thought process that you do before that. Now, you, your luxury item in, this, in that process might be time to think in, in a certain yeah. way. But I've worked with um, comms teams to sort of try and help them generate ideas and come up with campaign thoughts. And actually, with the right process in place, you can do it in a relatively short space of time, an hour or so. And you've got a load of ideas and it's how then you implement them and roll them out. Um, needs a bit of creative thought as well if you're going to avoid spending any money. So that's, that's it's all about the creative um, thought when you haven't got any money to spend with. It's how can we make this happen with uh, on a on a shoestring budget often. Yeah, um, I guess without yeah. that budget, you need the idea to really cut through and, and that's potentially where yeah. the, the added creativity can come from because you know that that's the piece that needs to stand out above being able to uh, pay to play in certain areas, I guess. Definitely. And I think what, what it sounds like from the campaign that you mentioned there, tone of voice and copy, if you've got someone that's good with words and, and, and can write copy, then they're going to give you something creative without, because often people think about the creative bit as, as um, that you can get drawn into the design side of things and the visual side of things. But if we parked all of that thought for a moment and said, actually, we want some interesting language that's going to grab someone's attention, that will reinforce that message. But if you've got some good words that have got some nice wordplay or puns there, you know, that's a, that's a great start point, isn't it? Yeah, you can't go too far wrong with those. Yeah. So another one I saw was like probably the total opposite end of the spectrum in terms of the type of company. Um, so there's one I saw from HSBC and this campaign kind of engaged both, kind of, it both engaged all of its employees in all the different branches, offices all over the world. Um, and they also, at the end of it, had a brand new library of internal comms, um, images and visuals, and it was all for free. Okay. Um, so they ran an internal photo competition, uh, and it was to capture this. the spirit of HSBC was kind of the, the tagline. It was across various different categories of their spirit, um, and they received over 6,000 photos as entries, and, and that's now what they use as their internal comms kind of images and materials. So there was no... You know, there was no monetary prize attached to it. It was almost like the pride of 
uh, capturing the kind of the company ethos and spirit and, and being able to see that in future communication campaigns and I thought that really struck me because again it's it's a campaign which had a, a specific goal attached to it in terms of kind of engagement and then something practical as well the, the images to use and I thought from a from a large kind of corporate company such as HSBC I thought that that seemed like a really tactile approach and again I was a little bit surprised that um, a company like that came up with with that type of idea really. Hmm. The um, we, We've done a very similar initiative with with one of our, our clients actually I don't think they actually end up using those images in, in, through internal comms so the, to a degree they do but it, it's not hmm. the purpose if you like of, of, of the work but it's certainly an, an uh, they do an annual kind of photography competition and part of the reason why that is is because they've got guys out on oil rigs and in the middle of oceans places do, doing doing their, their their work and as you can imagine there's probably see some incredible scenes in, in those kind of remote sort of in, in environments so um, and and actually you know many people won't get to go to that environment so if you're based in in head office you might not get to go out onto a rig that's in the middle of an ocean somewhere so how do we bring that closer how do we um bring that uh, experience and understanding of the scale and scope of the work that gets done within an organization and and through a initiative like that is one way of, of doing it, I guess, is because you, even though you can't get to be there, you get to see it and understand it. Now, there's nothing better than actually experiencing it firsthand, but if, if you've got the imagery and the, that sort of individual's perspective on, on where they are, at least you get some sort of context to um, those different working environments that are... Um, uh, around uh, around the world for someone like HSBC, there, there's a there's a guy that uh, uh, I know um, who regularly posts um, images of his working window, um, the view from my working window, um, and it's they're just snapshots of wherever he is that day as he's moving yeah. around the country or whatever, doing doing different things. So you know, w w one day it'll be a you know, cafe in a train station somewhere or uh, on a train or in someone's office or whatever it might be, because it's always on the go. It's a yeah. way of documenting what's going on. And I, I, I find it fascinating just because it's like a uh, sort of a um, window into his world, if you like, about where he is and what he's up to. And it sort of strikes me that that's sort of what HSBC are doing, but on a bigger scale. Um, yeah, and it gives, gives that sense of feeling connected to those those people i think there, there, there was something that we we um sort of in a, in, in a similar sort of vein i suppose uh, a client of ours put together um some videos of their employees um and about the things that they do away from work so it was like there was various different stories of employees so um like one had run about 10 marathons in a year. There was an ultra marathon runner. There was someone that was a drone racer. Um, there was someone that had taken up flying. They were people that had interest. They had interesting stories about what they were doing. And they documented these. And because they've got a remote workforce that's spread across Europe, 
it gives some sort of connection to those other people that are in the organization and you get a sense of who they are without even meeting them. You have some sort of connection to your your uh, teammates and your colleagues. Yeah, I think all three examples that you've mentioned there um, and, and even the HSBC version, it really makes people more relatable to each other. So while yeah. there the might not be a measurable, measurable impact from the campaign, it's inevitably making working together much easier and yeah. ha- having insight into kind of what people's interests are, uh, what they're doing outside of the office, I'm sure uh, makes meetings go a lot easier and conversations can be um, kind of sometimes less formal and yeah, it just seems like it's a really good way for companies to help people work better together. But that's always going to be really hard to measure, I guess. And, and that's something that always comes up in these conversations as well is how how internal comms campaigns measured. It, can it be done differently for remote, remote workers? Um, and yeah, so far, I don't think anyone's found that silver bullet. No, I, I guess um, some of, and, and you're right, I, I, I don't think there's, uh, necessarily one way of measuring and there's not uh, one sort of tool or approach to the remote workers um, sort of connecting with those remote workers I, I think it's about sort of being brave enough to explore a few options and trying to find out what works for um, your organization with the teams and the type of work that they, they do I think technology is obviously making life a lot better um, and having those right the, the right tools in place to connect people and then enabling them to interact and chat in a way in which is as natural as possible is really important. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I think anything that can um, remove almost the screen persona or the e- you know having it be just an email come from someone and, and getting to know the person yeah. behind that just makes that much easier. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, we, we, we see this in teams where they're um, dispersed. So you, you've got, um, you know, you, you might have head office and satellite offices and things like that and the tension that can build between uh, almost an us and them kind of culture between those people that aren't based in, in the head office. But yeah. when you bring people together in a room and you start letting them chat, that that breaks down. People don't act in the same way. And I sure. think with the right technology in place, you can echo that and get as close to that as, as, as you, as you possibly can. Yeah. One of the conversations we had on a, on a different episode was someone was talking about one of their, um, one of their clients held the usual conference calls. Um, uh, but as, almost as a standing agenda point, there was the um, almost the preamble chit chat that an in-person meeting yeah. has. So the five yeah. minutes before everyone turns up, you know, you're catching up. Well, how was your weekend? Or you know, that's a nice tan. Where have you been? Um, and 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 this and this particular example was that they had this built in for the people that would kind of remote into those those meetings and I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it kind of yeah. almost making a point of it and and we came on that on that episode of remote control we, we talked about being intentional and yeah obviously there's the intent there to make sure 
remote workers are finding uh, finding out about their co-workers' lives outside of the office and just helping those conversations go along more smoothly. Well, if if we think, you know, back a little bit and 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 think about why a lot of people would stay in a, a certain job, and and when you ask that that question yeah they might love love the work in in some instances and some instances they won't but often people say well i really enjoy the people that's why i come to work yeah. you know it's, it's about my team and those sorts of things and if we we, we don't want i think remote working and, and flexible working is in, is important and, and we need to do that and, and more people need to sort of make make progress towards doing that if they're not doing it now um but having a, a sense of connection with those that you work with is, is really important. And I think that's a lovely um, point that you mentioned there about being intentional. And, and you know, often you hear about meetings uh, taking too long or there being too, too, um, too many meetings, that sort of thing. Yeah. But actually some of those interpersonal kind of chats that people are having are, are important to build a connection in, in a in a different way and it there should be space in in the workplace to have those conversations yeah totally agree regardless of where you are where you're working it's it's really important to find out that kind of that extra level about the people that you're working with and, and yeah i thought that was a re- kind of a really nice approach to, to do that yeah yeah definitely so, so early, Alan, you mentioned um, kind of working with some clients on the process to be uh, to help creative ideas and, and campaigns. I was wondering if you'd be able to maybe share some kind of tips or pointers um, on areas where kind of internal comms professionals can look to be creative or things to consider for their next campaign. How to kind of maybe yeah just add the extra element of creativity into it yeah sure um i, I think um it was interesting that you you highlighted a couple of examples earlier um about uh organizations that are being sort of creative and, and perhaps you wouldn't expect them to take that approach um i think there's a huge scope for um creativity in 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 internal comms and particularly as as I think you, you mentioned there, almost um, it makes your message stand out more when we, we invest that little bit of extra thought into it and take a slightly different approach to what maybe people are used to seeing. Um, so when I talk about um, so whether it's our clients or whether it's just workshops I'm running, one of, one of the things that people often kick back about is uh, budget and mm-hmm. time being the things that get in the way. And as, as you highlighted with the NHS case study there, budget isn't, is, is never the thing that really gets in the way. Budget tends to get in the way of execution rather than the ideas and the creative approach itself. So I think the first thing, if we, we're going to try and push the creative approach within internal comms and, and any comms activity, to be fair, um, is to try and free ourselves of some of that kind of, um, in the nicest possible way, baggage that we carry with us 
and mm. to say, well, actually, we can't do X because of that thing that's getting in our way. Um, so if we stop thinking and worrying about money for a while and just sort of step back from, from the challenge at hand and try and get a fresh perspective. Now, w when people are forced to do that, it's, it's difficult because it's like, well, okay, so where do we start with this? Um, where do we start? How do we start generating a fresh approach to this campaign that we've got in front of us? So the thing is you need some stimulus. Right. You need something that's going to kick off a conversation between a group of people. Um, yeah. Or if you're by yourself, then, you know, where's, where, where do you start? Now, for me, I, I would tend to go out and start looking in, around and seeing what others are doing in a similar kind of um, space. And so if, if the challenge is about um, well, encouraging people to work remotely, Let's take a look, see if we can find any other campaigns that are doing a similar thing. What that typically leads to is um, uh, a related area or field where I'll be thinking, well, actually, OK, this, this campaign that I'm looking at now in front of me isn't necessarily about remote working, but I can see where there's a connection and I can see yeah. where there's a connection between that challenge and the challenge that I'm trying to address. And, yeah, it's different. But I think there's something we can borrow from from the approach in in how they've gone about it. Um, so that that's that's more of a logical process, if you like. And I, I will keep pushing that that approach where you get almost further and further away from the the start of of your your challenge because we can get bogged down in all of the detail and all of that sort of stuff. Um, the the other approach, which I often do, particularly in a, in, in a work workshop scenario is to bring in some random stimulus. So it might be uh, random words, random images that are the start point for ideas to address the challenge. And on the surface, <laughs> the, the two, two words that spring to mind but from a recent workshop was um, some, someone picked uh, from a, a whole range of words, they picked pigeon and laxative. Right. <laughs> so for, okay. for, for, for the start of, um, so they didn't know why they were picking these words, but that's the words that they picked, right? Off the screen. They said, right, we're going to pick pigeon laxative. And then I said, okay, here's your brief. And it was about, um, how can we increase the, the brief effectively it was about increasing awareness of the support for mental health, uh, within an organization. Mm -hmm. And just just one example. So these people, the people that were there, had about three minutes to come up with ideas, and and they had different groups, and they came up with different, all, all came up with different words and different ideas. But there was one that said about um, how if you've been um, if a pigeon has has dropped its its mess on you as you're coming into work. It's a, very, it's a very sign that is, <laughs> I was struggling just for a moment then. It's a, it's a PG um, podcast. Yeah, well, I'll try to keep it that way. Family the, friendly, um, please. <laughs> then um, it, it's almost that they were saying that there's a way of highlighting that you're not feeling okay. And it made me think a little bit of the badges that people can wear on the underground where it says, oh, yes. you know, like a, a hidden disability and that, that kind of thing to highlight that there's maybe something wrong, but you might not be aware of it. 
it was yeah. kind of built around that sort of concept, but coming from a completely different place. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying I've articulated. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying that I've articulated their idea in the best, best way. <laughs> they, they they did at the time. Um, there was someone else that talked about a pigeon and a peacock, and how um, uh, a peacock's a sort of all show, and you see these feathers and all of that, whereas a pigeon you know they're not maybe quite as flamboyant but you don't know which one is actually um uh struggling perhaps at that point in time because we're judging it on face value so people would and 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 those things they didn't go into that often if you were coming into that sort of moment where you have to generate ideas you all you've got is the information that's around you and that's that that can be useful you need that because at some point we need to tie it back into real world scenarios but actually what those exercises are about are about stimulating some thoughts stimulating some ideas getting some momentum behind a conversation around what can we do differently and not getting bogged down into the detail of the challenge that's at hand um I hope I've answered your question, which is yeah, what was right. going through my mind as we, as we, we was, as I was rambling on. But um, hopefully that sort of covers it off. It's, it's about stimulus that comes from a different place than, well, than the uh, challenge that you're trying to address, I think. If, if nothing else, we've got the title of a podcast in Pigeon Lactative, so that, that's, <laughs> that's totally good. <laughs> Series two coming soon. <laughs> So just before, just yeah. before um, kind of, I, I asked the, the, the last question, uh, during our chat and some of my research, um, I came across uh, elements of IC.com, one of the projects that, yeah. that you've worked on. And there's some yeah. great materials in there about remote, well, about everything to do with internal comms, but in particular, yeah. looking at the audiences and remote workers. So I just thought I'd maybe point some of our listeners to towards that site. There's some really great articles and, and links on there. We, we've we've been chatting recently actually about um doing a bit of a, a a refresh on on some of that um just just because it's it's been there for a while and we need to update some of the the, the content but um it, so you know as, as we've been talking about sort of remote kind of working and and those kind of connections that the interesting thing about i think that that project so um, we, we put that together with Chuck Goes from who runs the podcast Psychology and gets involved with a lot of other sort of um, internal comm sort of initiatives. Um, we connected through Twitter uh, and through sort of mutual friends. Um, we sort of just had a chat about a few ideas and bits and pieces. Um, since then, we've done sort of several little kind of projects together that are just you know um labors of love if you like they're they're Mm -hmm. just sort of bits that we've put together but it's interesting how i think we can make powerful connections and we we don't always need to be in the room together to be able to do that um when you get on and when you connect with someone that can really work and whether it's remotely or within the office environment you can still make some great stuff happen yeah, definitely. I think you can you can look in probably everyone's had that experience at, at their work or in friendships. I think you're always going to keep in touch with friends if they move away. Um, the real friends will kind of doesn't really matter where they are. You're always going to keep in touch with them, regardless of what yeah, they're doing, and, and and that 
goes the same for, for projects, I guess, at work. Now, this yeah. last question is is one, and I don't don't feel judged by your answer. Um, the judgment will come uh, behind your back. That's so totally fine. So, the, <laughs> the, the, that makes yeah. me feel much better. Yeah, totally. It's, it's fine. It's, it's not recorded judgment. So that's the that's the key thing. Okay. So the, the podcast is called Remote Control, and I just thought well, I couldn't really do a podcast called Remote Control without asking about your uh, your telly habits. So, are you, are you watching something yeah. uh, on, on the small screen that you'd recommend? Well, I, it, it's it's just lucky timing because uh, I'm not I don't watch a huge amount of telly. Most of the telly that I, I do watch tends to be kind of topical or satire sort of related so i love things like uh john oliver and stuff like that that's all all, all, all great so i don't tend to binge on too much other other stuff but i've been a little bit late to the party on peaky blinders but that's what we've been working our way through at home just recently um because we didn't i hadn't watched any of it until it finished recently so the season five i think it was ended so uh, we've got got to the point now where I'm about to start season five and we've seen seen the rest of it. So I feel like I'm 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 pretty clear on the uh, judgment front if I'm watching Peaky Blinders, <laughs> but then that might be just my own perspective. But. <laughs> I think probably half of the country will be nodding along, and half the country will have turned off by now. <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> That's even better. And then the. the um, the thing is, they, they, there might be that other half that are still listening that are in disgust that I've, I've only just started watching it <laughs> and should have been watching it from the start. But yeah, you know, whatever. Well, at least you've got the uh, you've got, you've not got the time lag in between each series, so you don't have to remember everyone's face again. I think have I seen that person before or not? So that's a good no, that's good way of catching up. There's still been a little bit of that, even though they've been going from series to series, trying to keep up with where they they are in their development. Yeah. Well, lovely having you on, Alan. Really appreciate the conversation that we've had and some of the examples that we've talked about. And um, yeah, just the insight that you've brought has been has been really great. And I think some of the creative approaches will will go a long way for anyone looking at doing internal and, like you said, even external comms as well. Yeah, great stuff. No, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure to be involved and have a chat. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thanks a lot.